0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Romans 11, verse 29. The Bible says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, this verse right here should give any believer the, the assurance that your salvation cannot be, la- cannot be lost. Why? Because God's gift and God's calling are without repentance. You can look back, all of us can, and we can look back and see our faults, see our unfaithfulness, we can see all of that, uh, and we can see our failures and our unworthiness. But not God. The gift that He has given us, His gift of eternal life, it's without repentance. If you're here this morning and you don't know that you know that you know that you are eternally saved and secure because of the blood of Jesus Christ, please know that this morning. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Verse number 30. For as ye in times past have not believed, God yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. These are heavy verses to read, so let's try to unpack these verses this morning. When we draw this back, we understand, we should understand that God is using these passages of Scripture to double down on magnifying his mercy. We have a merciful God. And in verse 30, we see the Gentiles on the receiving end of God's mercy. In verse number 31, we see that the Jews are on the receiving end of God's mercy. And then on verse number 32, we ultimately see that all will receive God's mercy. And this is why as he starts to close out this chapter, we see him doubling down on his mercy. Gentiles, yep. Jews, yep how about we put it all together all yep that's God he's our merciful God what is grace it's the giving of undeserved favor we receive God's gift of salvation we receive something we did not deserve favor from God that we did not deserve but God is not only a God of grace he's a God of mercy It's the withholding of deserved punishment. I deserve punishment. God's merciful. I deserve hell. God's merciful. I deserve to lose my salvation, but God is able to keep me because he's merciful. (laughs) Can you lose your salvation? No, you can't. Should you lose your salvation? You probably should because you don't deserve it, but God withholds that punishment from you because his gifts and his calling are without repentance and if god's in it god's going to keep you you can't lose it you've got an eternal gift of grace and you will be in the 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 punishment that is owed you will be withheld because of god's mercy john wesley y'all john wesley he said this he said this depth of mercy can there be mercy still reserved for me Let that sink in. That's a man that realizes just how low he is and sees just how powerfully merciful our God is. Yes, there is mercy reserved. Okay, now let's unpack something here. Um, What we don't do as a church is, and what we need to be careful of we don't cherry pick verses or phrases out of the bible we don't do that and come up with doctrine we have to look at all of the verses and phrases in the bible and understand the context of it cherry picking verses is how all this false doctrine and misunderstanding comes about Just like how a Calvinist would find three words election in Romans 11, and then they'll create a whole system of theology around cherry-picked verses. That is why we spent so much time in Romans 9, 10, and 11 unpacking the context. It's also the same reason why we talked about how an Arminius will take the one phrase in Romans 11, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. And they'll say, see, you can lose your salvation. Remember, we preached that sermon on why you that's not what that's talking about. So we can't cherry pick verses. Look at verse number 32. The Bible says, For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, you give me the answer. According to verse 32, how many people are in unbelief all 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 are in unbelief and everybody that is in unbelief receives what mercy Mercy. it couldn't be any clearer so when a calvinist steps in and they say well god's mercy is only extended to the elect well when every single unbeliever has mercy available to them, I don't know how you can come up with that. This verse gives us two clear truths, contextually packed, that should give us an understanding that our God is doubling down on his mercy. Jews, Gentiles, all. And it brings out the clear character of God, these three verses. All are in what? Unbelief. But all have what? Available to them. Uh, Yeah, uh, nice to see you. We're Christians in the area. We just want you to know that God has mercy available to some people. We want to figure out if you're one of those people. How about that? That's the silliest thing that anybody would ever do oh good to meet you we're Christians in the area we want to let you know that all are in unbelief all of us I'm in unbelief I was in unbelief everybody's in unbelief at one time but God is so merciful to all that he extends his gift of mercy to all would you like to receive that I did now I'm not in unbelief anymore it's available to everybody are you in belief now would you take it to someone that's in unbelief this week, this month, this year? That's what God wants us to do. Bring bring that message. Now, the other thing we have to make sure that we tackle is the false belief about universal salvation. Let's read verse 32. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. This is the richness of God's mercy. And it's the clear character of God's attitude toward all. When God looks out and sees everybody, he's a merciful God toward them. That is his attitude toward them. But that does not mean that is the universal outcome of God's attitude. That is why universal salvation is a false doctrine. All aren't going to trust the Savior. That doesn't mean God doesn't have mercy available to them. It's just that they have refused the light and the truth and the witness that was sent to them. And that's the character of God, that's his attitude. But that outcome doesn't always play out because people have not, they just won't trust the Savior. All right, look at verse number 30. Let's back up now. So we got we got 32 understood. Look at verse 30. I'm going to slow this down because there's a lot here. For as ye, that's referring specifically to the Gentiles. For as ye, that's Gentiles, in times past. So we're talking about Gentiles. And before the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, That would be what would be needed to preach the gospel. Before the gospel, before the death, burial, and resurrection. That's in times past. That's what that's referring to. So that's for as ye Gentiles in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Who's there? That's Israel. Gentiles in times past, before the gospel was ever a thing, Israel was a thing and because of their unbelief now you have an opportunity to get on God's receiving end of mercy and we preach through all that we understand that doctrine God is now just reviewing it go to Ephesians chapter 2 go to Ephesians 2 Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse number 12. That at that time ye were without Christ, that's Gentiles, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was a Gentile. The only way they could get to know God in times past was to become a proselyte to the Judaism. That was it. There wasn't any other option. But now, verse 13, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So in times past, no blood of Christ. Now in the time in this time, the blood of Christ. And so now Gentiles are in on it because of Israel's unbelief hope you got that Uh, go to Acts 1 go to Acts 1 unbelief of the Jews Gentiles receive mercy let's go to Acts 1 Acts chapter 1 well yeah you know Israel you know we learned all about this in in Romans and and 11 how israel just you know they're in unbelief they're in apostasy they've they've just disregarded god yeah you know israel well praise god we're us gentiles now have some mercy from god yeah praise god he turned to us all right let's read acts one watch what it says in verse seven and he said unto them this is jesus it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father hath put in his own power but ye shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you Are you saved this morning? Guess what you have inside of you? The Holy Ghost. Watch. And ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. God gave you something to be a witness. He gave you the Holy Spirit so you can go out And be a witness. That is why his church was established. That is why from day one, week one, month one, year one, we have put efforts into missionary efforts, both stateside and foreign. Why? Because we are to bring it out as witnesses for Christ. But this American Carnival Laodicean Clown Church has not been faithful but you know who is God Amen. and if he saved you he will keep you he is a merciful God he is going to withhold the punishment that you deserve well Israel's unfaithful Israel going to apostasy Israel's not going is it not following after God either is the church God help us that our church, Doesn't turn into one of these disco ball dancing gal churches. It's basically do nothings and say nothings. You're supposed to be a witness. And you got a lot of dead religion going on. People coming into a place on a Sunday morning, sitting, and nothing happens as a witness the rest of their life. And they'll do that until they die or God closes the door. And you know what God's doing on a lot of doors? 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Some of them compact 5,000 people in a sanctuary. You know what God's doing? He's knocking on the outside of the door. Hey, when are you going to let me in? Yeah. I know, right? Amen. Because they know if they let God in, guess what's got to go? The disco scene. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen is right. And they won't go out and tell anybody, they won't be a witness for Jesus Christ at all. We as a culturally, as Americans, culturally as American Christians, we're just as unfaithful as that nation of Israel. But God's a merciful God, He'll keep us. Go yet in all the world and preach what? The gospel to every creature. Matthew 28 tells us to teach all nations. How are you going to make disciples of anybody, let alone a nation, if you don't teach anybody? You're not. That's our command. That's our command. All right, Romans 11, look at verse 31. Romans eleven thirty-one. 31. Watch it says Now, even so, verse 31, Have these also now not believed? That's the Jews. Even so, have these also now not believed? Those Jews, that through your mercy, who's that? That's the Gentiles. The Jews get to see now the mercy that God extended to the Gentiles, that they also may obtain mercy. That's the Jews. It went to the Gentiles. Now they get to see us as the example of being on the receiving end of God's mercy. Genesis 12, God told Abraham, I will make thee a great nation, right? Genesis 17, God to Abraham's 99. Uh, Sarah's 89. God tells them, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have a child. At 100 years old, Abraham. Wow. Now, how many of you, if, if you were there, would have believed that? No way. There is no way that that is going to happen. That's what I would say. Go to Deuteronomy chapter number seven. Now watch this concerning the nation. Deuteronomy chapter number seven, look at verse seven. Deuteronomy seven, verse number seven. The Bible says, the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he hath sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God says, okay, this nation is going to be the smallest in number. You guys are going to be the weakest in number. And if you were to hear God say that, And by the way, it's never going to be overthrown. I'm always going to be there to deliver that nation. But you're going to be small and weak in comparison to everybody else. And you know what I would say? The same thing you would say. There's no way that nation be around much longer. (laughs) They're so small, they're so weak, it's not going to happen. But God said it would happen, and it's happening. (laughs) And it will continue to happen. And then, here's what God does. He says, I'm going to give you some laws, nation. And I'm going to give you these laws. They're going to be so unkeepable that you won't be able to keep them. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to get Satan to influence every individual and every nation to hate you and try to overtake you and persecute you. Now, how many of you think that nation would be around for much longer? You would probably say the same thing I would. There's no way. There's no way. Yet with God, there's the way. (laughs) God is a merciful God. He was always there to deliver them, and he is going to restore that nation. And this is how disobedient that nation is. God gives them laws. They don't keep them. God gives them prophets. They disobey the prophets. God gives them his own son, and they crucify the Messiah. Then God sends his apostles as witnesses of their Messiah's resurrection. And they're happy about their Messiah rising from the dead. And so they kill him, and they stone him. Well, wow, I guess they are going to be around. But God, if somebody treated me like that, after all you did for him. I just wipe them out. <laughs> I give you my law. I give you my prophets. I give you my son. And you reject everything about it. And anybody that's happy about it, you kill them. They deserve punishment. But God withholds it and preserves and will finally one day restore that nation. Why? Why? because he is a merciful God. Parents, do you give your children laws, commands, rules? I hope so. Does every now and then a prophet come into their life, you know, like a Sunday school teacher or uh, a Christian person or another adult that's going to influence them in the right way and they despise that? And when they were were old enough, they just basically spit in your face of everything you've ever taught them. Give us Barabbas, crucify you. You're dead to us. Well, that child deserves... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Have you been a faithful witness? That, That child deserves mercy. The withholding of the punishment. Why? God's been merciful to you and you've been unfaithful. God's been merciful to me and I've been unfaithful. Yeah, but my kids, they they just say stupid things. So do we. They do stupid things. So do we. How can they think? How can you think? God says, how can you think that? Bible says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the who first? To the Jew first. The Jewish nation did all that to their Messiah. And but by the time Christ sheds his blood and dies and rises from the grave, God says, you give it to my people first. That's a merciful God. Amen. Amen. Because if I was in charge or you were in charge, you know what we would have said? You know what? Just forget them. (laughs) There's some other people that are probably more deserving. Yet God is a merciful God says, you know what? You bring it to the Jew first. How about that? God's doubling down on his mercy. Go to Galatians 3. Galatians 3, look at verse number 22. The Bible says, But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Every single one of us are locked in the jailhouse of sin. We aren't free, not in unbelief. And the Jews had the law, and they tried to find freedom and liberty by keeping the law, but they found out it was unkeepable. And that kept them locked up. And instead of getting freedom, they got slavery. (laughs) But who showed up to deliver them out of slavery? God did because he's a merciful God. But all by nature, a Jew by nature is a sinner. All right, let's contrast the Gentile. Romans 1 tells us they sought liberty and freedom through wisdom. And what did they get? Foolish hearts, darkened hearts, vain in their imagination, trapped by the lusts of their own flesh. They're in a prison house. It doesn't matter if it's a Jew or a Gentile. How are they delivered? God's mercy. You deserve to stay locked up. But I'm here to set you free. And even though you might deserve this punishment, I'm merciful. There is nothing richer than God's mercy. Titus 3. Here's what we deserve. Titus 3. Bible says in verse number 5, Titus chapter number 3, verse number 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His what? Mercy. According to His what, church? Mercy! We've got a merciful God. He did what? Saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. We deserve justice, but we didn't get it. Grace, the giving of undeserved favor. Mercy, the withholding of deserved punishment. This is why you see in Genesis 5, you don't have to turn there, but it says this is the book of the generation of Adam. And when you run through all that chapter, that generation of Adam, and he died, and he died, and he died. Why? Because Adam generates death. By the time you get to Matthew chapter number one, you see the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. And you know what doesn't show up at all in the generation of Jesus Christ in Matthew one? The phrase, and he died. Why? Why? Because in Christ, all are made alive. And that's why we see, that's why we see, for in Adam, all die. Adam generates death. But in Christ, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, even so in Christ shall all be made what? (laughs) Alive. Christ makes you alive. And that's why Titus 3 says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration. You have been regenerated. You're not in the generation of Adam in death. You are in the generation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. And He regenerates. And He died, and He died, and He died. Not me. I'm in Christ. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I'm never, and you're never, if you're saved this morning, you'll never be back in Adam. You will always be in Christ. Amen. Yeah, but I've been unfaithful. I know, but he's merciful. <laughs> but he's merciful. Last verse, and we're done. First Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're not in the generation of Adam. We're in the generation of Jesus Christ. We've been washed with the regeneration of Christ. We're in Him. So watch now. What does that make us? What does that make us? This is so good. 1 Peter chapter 2. Love this verse. I believe it ties in perfectly to close out our message. Here's what we are. Verse number 9. 1 Peter 2. But ye are a chosen generation, praise God, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. We're coming towards the close. We've got one more message on Romans 11. But God packages His, in these verses we looked at this morning, His glorious mercy, Jew, Gentile, all it's made available to. And let's praise his name. If we are, if we are out of Adam and we're in Christ, we've been regenerated. That makes us a chosen generation. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.